Mythos Busters, investigating the mystery, monsters, and madness of Arkham Horror, the card game. Welcome back to the AV Club, a Mythos Busters production. We have survived the Forgotten Age and are looking at, uh, which cards, Nick? Survivor cards. Oh, right, because we survived. Thanks. Glad you like puns. Sean, how are you? I'm great, but I'm... That was great. What? That was that was what? an extremely delayed rib shot. I don't know what, what? to tell you. <laughs> Good thing these cards are red, because we are on fire tonight. <laughs> I'll give you a five for that recovery. <laughs> uh, you know who Uh-oh. doesn't you know who doesn't have fives? Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's so true. Accurate. You you can't uh you can't hate me for just telling the truth. Um <laughs> So, our survivor investigator, who is by far the most straightforward and non-divisional, uh, I guess. Uh, divisive. Divisive, thank you. Uh, surv- or investigator of all time. Calvin Wright, the haunted. Uh, he has a willpower of zero, intellect of zero, combat of zero, and agility of zero. Uh, he's cursed and drifter. You get plus one willpower and plus one intellect for each horror on you plus one combat, plus one agility for each damage on you. His Elder Sign is plus zero, and you may either heal one damage or one horror, or take a direct damage or direct horror. And he has six health, six sanity, deck building. Let me just flip that over. Uh, Standard deck size of 30, survivor cards, zero to five, neutral, zero to five, and spirit cards, zero to three. More like Calvin Wrong. Ooh, huh. that is harsh. Strong <laughs> feelings. Yeah. Um, no, I, I just am very passionate about puns. I was super hot on Calvin to start, mm-hmm. and then it's kind of waned a bit. Like, if mm-hmm. you want to use the, the tier system, like, I'd say, like, tier two, one and a half-ish. Out how, of many how many tiers are many, there? Yeah, how many do you okay, so there, five? Well, there's tier S, which is, like, Agnes. Like, just bonkers good. Um, and then you have tier one, two, three, four, and four to me is like, well, if I say tier five, that's like garbage, like coaster. Like you actually okay. should not play with them. Yes. Um, Which okay, so who would be a tier five? Is this, is this a Canadian grading system, by the way? Yeah, because this is terrible. Like this. it's it's like you kind of went for the Japanese like style, like yeah, character the action S grading. A B C D E. But you didn't do A B C D. You went S, and then one, two, three, four, and then and then you even added five. So I'm giving Calvin an alligator. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving Calvin a Z. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> so is he coaster? Is he coaster level investigator? Is he that bad no. to you now? No, I don't think okay. so at all. I th- I think he's he's decent. Um he's a puzzle. He's extremely fun to play. Yes. I think playing him is possibly the most fun I have making decisions. Also possibly because some of those decisions are incredibly difficult because <laughs> you don't know what's going to yeah. happen like action to action your stats change. Um, Mm -hmm. Building him is interesting. He's a lot more fun, I think, standalone than campaign. Yes. I think Uh, playing Calvin in in a campaign is an exercise in the most intense frustration you will feel 
because you will either pass handily like scenario after scenario or you will fail miserably there doesn't seem to be any middle ground for him in my experience yeah i think huh. you're you're pretty close to right for the most part <laughs> spelled with a w uh no <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah that's the canadian way <laughs> no sean what do you think calvin i i've only played him a couple times i i did a campaign with him and then i've take i've taken him as standalone i feel like he's i agree with nick's assertion that he's generally better standalone mm-hmm. because dealing with the trauma adds just another level yeah. of of uncertainty and kind of swinging by the the whims of the chaos bag mm-hmm um, the one thing I will say is at least his spirit access really does something for him. Yes. Oh, yeah. I Did he need six and six? Would he have been busted at seven and seven? I don't think no, because how often do you get to five and then use it like you use it for like a turn and that's it, right? Like when you get mm. to five damage, you're not there very long before you're out or you're done with the scenario. In Again, in my experience, yeah. I think he would have been fine at seven and seven. Because, I mean, even if someone, like, you go, Key of East is a great card, but if you don't have action compression to back it up, there's still only much, only so much you can do with one action, even if you're almost guaranteed to succeed, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know. I feel like if he needs a little bit more support, I think the tarot card that's coming mm-hmm. out in, in later yeah. days is going to do wonders for him. I was just mm-hmm. going to say that, like, putting him to a 7-7 seven, seven yeah. is pretty good. But yeah, I would generally agree that he's fun. He's a cool thought experiment and puzzle to play with. Mm-hmm. But if I have the intention, the strong intention to win a campaign, he would not be among my top choices to play. Hmm. Yeah, I think he's still winnable as far as campaigns go. Oh, yeah. I mean, he can win. It's possible. Yeah. Oh, it's totally possible. It's just not probable. <laughs> I mean, a broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> <laughs> Someone has to come last in the Olympics, right? That's... <laughs> Jeez. Is he right. better than Skids though? Or better than Lola? Uh, I would say he's Lola's, Oh man. He's probably more cohesive than Lola. Lola will have her time. Yes. Lola's yeah. got like way more ahead in her future when the yes. card pool gets huge, I think. Mm-hmm. But Calvin's card pool is gonna grow and and the cards that are good for him are gonna grow slowly. Lola mm-hmm. gets like crazy variety all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Until the end of time. <laughs> Perfect. Every time. time. Nick. Yes. Can you read this card until the end of time? I can. Until the end of time is a (laughs) one resource cost asset. Uh, It has combat and wild skill icons. It is talent traded and its game text reads Calvin Wright deck only direct damage and direct horror may be assigned to until the end of time. And it provides two health and two sanity. Um, the difference, this is, this is Jim, but next level, the difference between Calvin without yep. until the end mm-hmm. of time and with until the end of time is, is paramount to his, his success. And this is where a seven, seven Calvin could become dangerous because if you get him six across the board and you still have like an undamaged until the end of time out, you don't lose pretty mm-hmm. much. Mm. Uh, but the fact that it's a, a one of, I think, I, th- yeah. I still think he could have gone to seven seven. But we're talking about till the end of time, uh, insanely good, and mm-hmm. insanely good art, possibly yes. in my top three in this game. What's the other two? 
Uh, Eager for Death. Eager for Death. Knew it. Um, <laughs> oh, what would be my third? I'm not sure, but it's Eager for Death okay. until the end of time. For sure. sure. Yeah. Good top two. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. This is definitely one of those assets that takes... Now, when you draw it, you're like, okay, things are better now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now the real game can start. Yeah. I'm 50% more likely to end this game successfully. <laughs> I don't know what else there is to say. <laughs> yeah. There's no decision making around this card. When you oh. have it, you play it. When you don't, you lose. So. Yeah, that's... <laughs> you know what we haven't talked about, actually, in the last couple episodes is uh, with skill with these um, the signature cards is do you chuck them to skill test or do you actually play them? Uh, you <laughs> never, you never chuck this. Like this is no, you're dumb if, if you, you do. If you're chucking this to a skill test, either something has gone terribly awry, or you're so far ahead of it that you don't care. Yeah, but you yeah. should still probably just play it. Yeah, and cool. I guess especially if you hear the voice of the messenger, right? What what voice is that, Sean? <laughs> the voice you, of the messenger. Could you read the message? The voice of the messenger. A little POD reference for you there. Um. Oh my god. Oh, so, <laughs> yeah you got it i need to listen to pod again yeah, that was also a pod <laughs> like reference oh my god <laughs> <laughs> oh my jaw oh. all right voice of the messenger is of course calvin's uh signature treachery it's a weakness of course uh it is curse and pact traded revelation you must either choose one take one direct damage and suffer one physical trauma or take one direct horror and suffer one mental mental trauma do you guys remember youth of the nation yeah, we that are. That was a are. good song. <laughs> oh, all right. Anyway, um, I should have said I do. I do. <laughs> this is one of those weird weaknesses that can be, can benefit? be super beneficial. <laughs> yeah. In the early in campaign, the first, like, I'm almost glad to see it. Yeah. 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 Hmm. But then late campaign, this is something you're like, oh, God, I don't want to draw a card. <laughs> this 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 also forced me to look up. um uh, the rules that when you take a trauma in the middle of a game, does that actually stack the token on your character? And it does not. Mm. Uh, because the, the first time mm. I played Calvin, I think I played it that way, where I was like, sweet, I'm combat plus two now. Mm. <laughs> but, yeah, trauma just goes in the campaign log. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, this is, this is a very interesting weakness, too, because it gives you a choice, which is yeah. very rare. And it, it's two almost equal choices. On, at face mm-hmm. value um it's not like agnes's where it's like play this and out of doom or take two horror like those are two very different <laughs> options right right uh, also just very bad in different ways yeah and calvin's yeah. or not calvin uh silas's uh mm. also kind of oh, a, yeah, yeah. A, a choice and it's terrible this one i think there's a lot of strategy to making this choice um choosing long-term benefit over short-term benefit like depending on where you are with Calvin in your game versus where you are with Calvin in your campaign and how much trauma right. do you have versus what do you need in this game? Do you need the combat boost? Do you need the uh, investigation boost or the intellect versus are you risking like, do I already have four trauma? In I was something? just going to say, so do you guys, do you guys, have you in your, I don't know how extensive your experience with Calvin is, but do you take this and deal the damage when you're at four damage already or deal the horror when you're at four already like or is this something that you always pick what's the lower of the two i think it kind of depends what i need to do in in the immediate future and like scott said kind of where i'm at for the campaign if i'm at three physical already and one mental like yeah, i might look at the mental mm-hmm. but if i 
I really need to kill this enemy right now, and I might die to physical trauma if I don't anyway. Like, okay. It's just, it's an interesting decision. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I usually, if I'm in the early parts of the campaign, uh, when trauma's low, I go with what do I need most in the in in the right. game uh, near the end of the campaign or middle to end. I'm always just looking at trauma. Yeah, I agree. Uh, starting like scenario three or four usually, mm -hmm. and the last time I played Calvin was solo through TFA, so it was a particular particularly bad shit show. <laughs> um, so yeah, scenario four was when I was like, Ooh, you know, and then it's just what's my trauma? Okay, we'll go with the lower one. Mm -hmm. um, I guess the the risk too is. If you choose that as well, like let's say, you know, Sean's example, you're at three physical, one mental. Um, mm. But in the game, you're at like four or five sanity or yeah, sanity damage and you're at one physical damage. Like, mm. well, I'd really we like to take that. Or, yep. Uh, and, <laughs> and you're at one damage. You're like, well, I'd really like to take the damage, but that puts me at four trauma. But if I take right. the, the horror, now I'm at four sanity trauma right mental trauma it can be really a really tough choice yep. and in standalone it's another tool <laughs> in your toolbox yeah in standalone yeah. this is it's almost it's nothing it's no it's actually a benefit in standalone yeah. mm -hmm. um speaking of toolboxes if you don't have your toolbox with you sean what could you use i don't know but i'll have to improvise something like a weapon because it's improvised weapon, it's a level zero survivor event. It costs one. Uh, it is tactic and improvised traded. You may play improvised weapon from your discard pile. If you do, shuffle it into your deck after resolving its effect. Fight. This the attacked enemy gets minus one fight for this attack. And if you played improvised weapon from your discard pile, this attack deals plus one damage. So this one, this one's <laughs> interesting. <clears throat> I was I gonna like say. There's there's a couple niche spots for this one, I would yeah. feel. Mm -hmm. Any survivor deck that is kind of leaning into the discard from your hand play. Mm -hmm. Oddly enough, probably not Wendy, though. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but a card we'll look at later called Cornered or, you know, I mean, that that's kind of been a theme for uh, survivors since the core is digging stuff out of your discard and yep. or discarding cards for benefit. Right. Yeah. So I assume we'll get kind of more things that play with that as we go on, and then this card gets better. As it stands, it's it's kind of in a weird spot mm -hmm. for for someone who's not doing that. Because okay, so say you're not discarding it and playing it straight from your discard pile. Two actions, two resources, just three damage. That's not terrible. Mm -hmm. But I think most people, most investigators who would look to fight an enemy honestly like this have better options. Yes, I think that's what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to reference cards that, that we haven't talked about on AV Club yet, but uh, of the three that are kind of this theme, where you can play them from hand or discard pile, when you play them from discard pile, they're generally a little bit better, um, and they shuffle back in. Is this the worst one? For survivors, I think. So. There's only the three, the impromptu barrier, improvised weapon. But I mean for and, survivor investigators? I just mean in general, just looking at the card and thinking about its uses. Because in, impromptu barrier, what's the bonus? It lets you evade an additional enemy, right? If you, if succeed, you succeed by a certain a amount. A lot, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and this one, or and then winging it is easily the best yes. because everybody plays winging it. I think I like, I think I use this one the least out of the three of them. I think this one comes in second place. 
particularly mm. because Mark can use it. Mm. And it's yep, a, and that's pretty much the only place I've ever. But yeah. why would Mark need this? Because why would Mark? To save ammo? Yeah. To save, well, but he's got access to machete. He's got access to um, survival knife, time worn brand. If no, wait, is that an agility weapon? Well, yeah, but Nick, as a as a giant proponent of both shotgun and bar, you can appreciate mm-hmm. the fact that those things would interfere. And maybe you don't always want to take Bandelier. I think why Mark not? You're Mark. I think <laughs> I Mark specifically, just because he draws so many cards mm-hmm. that you know you draw into this and it sits in your hand for a little bit usually, but then when you fill your hand up, you get past eight. You're like, well, yeah, I'll gladly throw this in my discard pile. That's fine. Oh, that's so bad though. That like, <laughs> like that's. That's terrible. Like if the if the, the saving grace is that you can discard it at the end of the turn and you well, don't feel bad. Well, yeah, but it's better in your discard pile. Sean, you've played Guardian, right? There's a <laughs> lot of good cards to throw I've, in a level zero Guardian deck. I've played a lot of Mark, and I will say yeah. I don't go two of. That's that's a waste no. of space at two of. But I'd rather like this. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, maybe if we if we ever are are to get an investigator who's not able to take weapons, <laughs> because I think Carolyn, but she can't take survivor. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. that, which is why she sucks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> joking. This uh, I think this, this one's th- just got a lot of ifs about it. I yeah, feel. there's an archetype out there that's kind of getting built. I think it still needs some more support. That super discard um, survivor. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure who it fits in. Like cornered is an ov- obvious uh, cornerstone <laughs> uh, to it, but you need four XP to get there. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I don't know. These these improvised cards are okay. Winging it is pretty good. The other two, oh, I'm yeah. super lukewarm on. Yep. Well, as dumb luck would have it, our next card is an event. It's two cost. It's called Dumb Luck. It has two agility icons, uh, fortune traded, fast, play after you fail a skill test by two or less during an evasion attempt against a non-elite enemy, place that enemy on top of the encounter deck. Fortune favors the oblivious. Possibly my favorite flavor text in the game. (laughs) (laughs) Besides thud, because that one's pretty good. Besides thud, So it's immediately the... What's funny is like survivors getting these nice little packages of like, hey, here's something for each of the little aspects of the game. We we talked about the improvised ones just recently. This is your I've look what I found for evading, right? That's I remember that's how it was when we when it was revealed to us before the pack actually came out. That was kind of our consensus. Like, look what I found is great. And this is that. But for evading that said, look what I found gets you double the benefit for what you were trying to do to begin with. This, I don't know if it's quite that easy to evaluate it that way. Um, in solo, this sucks because putting the enemy yes. on top of the encounter deck, you're just going to draw it again. Mm-hmm. I like it more in multiplayer, but I still don't know how often. I, I still have yet. I've played it in one deck. I put, think I put it in Calvin just at, at some point because I was like, all right, well. So at some what point, are you putting in Calvin? I, yeah. think, I think if this is, if you're playing two player, especially, and the lead investigator is a guardian. <laughs> And mm-hmm. you know, go first guardian is a thing. Yeah, right? Like and you can put well, it yeah, on top the of the initiative, deck. man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I think this is pretty decent. Uh I actually have a rules question that I don't know and I'm not 100% sure. So what if you have a like a 
was it Serpents of Yig, and you evade it. Like, they're not elite, are they? Or like any, like, a stubborn detective. And you evade it, and it goes on top of the encounter deck. <laughs> it's a player card. I guarantee you this gets eroded to say non-weakness enemy. Yeah, that does seem like a, uh, like a mistake. Because mm-hmm. so many other cards specify non-weakness enemy. Yeah. Or there's got to be a Ooh, rule the, about, Yeah, the, like, FAQ, the FAQ entry on Arkham D. Is that a ge- exact question? Ooh. Um, because the answer is dumb luck can only return a card to the deck from whence it came. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so. so your signature weakness would just not go away? Yeah. Okay. You just... The, the effect just fizzles. Yeah. Uh, dumb so- luck. Solo, <laughs> this is horrible. <laughs> yeah. Multiplayer, no, I can place, I will say uh, there are a few very distinct times I was like, man, I kind of wish I had dumb luck in my hand right now. Really? And that, and that is when I'm up against a three freaking doom uh, brotherhood cultist. That is fair. It's like, it would sure. be really cool to be able to just toss him on top of the encounter deck right now. Mm-hmm. This because seems like I'm a... not hitting the evades and I'm not hitting the attack. This seems like a really good option for Wendy with adaptable. For specific scenarios where there's sure. going to be something like that with the uh, doom on enemies or um, goodness, what's the third scenario in Carcosa where you're in the historic society? Uh, echoes, echoes uh, of the past. Echoes. I was gonna say unspeakable echoes. Oh my god, <laughs> uh, echoes of the past, right? Like the big doom stuff. <laughs> yeah, Sean. Anything with those cultist brotherhood guys are annoying as hell. Um, then I would say if attachments on enemies becomes a more prevalent problem. We have a few, mm-hmm. but it's not a common thing. If that becomes a more prevalent problem than this, it, it stock increases because yeah. if you throw it on top yeah. of the encounter deck, it's going to lose all its all its buffs. Like undimensioned and unseen, when those beasts get buffed, evading mm-hmm. it. Literally. No, they're not. No, they're not. No, they're not. Right. No. Yeah, yeah. That was the big wipe. thing when that scenario came out. <laughs> That's right. Unless you're playing Return. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Oh, I haven't gotten that far yet. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Well, and it's in a much cooler way than one would sure. be led to believe. Um, yeah. Nick. I... Oh, Sean, go ahead. No, no. I didn't have an actual thought. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Nick, I am desperate for you to read the next card. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yowdle. I'm just going to go into it. Lost Son of Estli. Uh, he's a three-resource-costed level one survivor asset uh, with one will skill icon. Ally and Wayfarer traits. Wayfarer. His game text reads... So he's a human who turns into a (laughs) fair? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We're werewolves, Um, not swearwolves. Sorry. (laughs) Um, His game text reads, Free action, exhaust Yowdle. During this skill test, you get a bonus to each skill equal to the number of matching skill icons on the top card of your discard pile not counting wild icons. Oh, sad face. And then free action. Discard the top card of your deck limit once per turn. He has two health and two sanity and takes up your ally slot. So he didn't... I believe he's been eroded too. It's it's limit once per phase now. Ah, okay. So Um, whether you're playing uh, one player or four player, you get the same amount of times you can flip it. Yes, nice. because turn is technically each investigator takes a turn within Correct. the investigating phase. Yeah. Anyway, so Nick. he didn't he didn't invent an archetype, but he certainly brought it to the next level. Oh boy, did he! Yeah. Desperate Duke 
is oh. super fun. Uh, yes. It's super easy to get to because you literally need two experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> as standalone, you can play it quite easily with nine experience. Um, yeah. With uh, a charisma, uh, two Peter Sylvester upgraded, two Yaddles. It's a super fun deck to play, uh, especially if you get St. Hubert's Key in there. You literally play St. Hubert's Key, now you're desperate. And being able to chuck a card at the skill test and then exhaust Yaddle to basically essentially double that, and now you're like plus eight from your skill card. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, you also can discard the skill that you're about to use to ready him and then crank him again. Mm-hmm. Like, ugh. Now, uh, outside of outside of Ashcan, who can innately ready him and, and get more use, what what is your guys' experience been? Haven't touched him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well then, allow me to, <laughs> to to say a few things. Yeah, please. Um, I've played him in Silas. Mm-hmm. That would be a good idea. Yep. He, I, I don't think he's as effective as Desperate Duke, just because sure. there's just not so many icons, uh, you know, about, and he can't ready as easily. Mm-hmm. But still. Solid. Um, and then I've also played a really janky-ass uh, Agnes that uses scrying, like level level three scrying. Mm-hmm. And uh, Yaudel can get rid of Dark Memory off the top of her deck if you see it. Oh, yeah. Do you think that uh, Yorick build that uses Inspiring Leadership, because I know you include Inspiring Leadership into Desperate, or at least I did when I built my Desperate Duke, do you think there's room in in Yorick for this guy? Or is Yorick a little more focused? Or Silas. Oh, um, that's right. Yeah, you can put it inside. Never mind then. I guess that, that, that ground's already been tread for the most part. <laughs> hmm. I don't know if it's worth hmm. the splash in, Maybe. in Pete. Oh, I've, really? I've, I've used Inspiring Leadership in Desperate Duke, and I, I like it. Yeah. Well, it's worth the splash in Pete because he's got Duke to use it on as yeah. well. Right. Trying to think of well, you could also get access to well, venturer. Never mind, <laughs> level two beat cop, I guess. Yeah, I don't. Know. I mean, like my, I have to admit, my my experience is limited to desperate Duke, and he performs that. Sure. Way. Well, and it seems like going that route with Yorick would be a suboptimal route. Like when you look at Yorick's strengths overall, going ally heavy mm-hmm. probably wouldn't be the way to go. So. Also, I've yet to try it, but I don't mind him in a like Colors of the Rainbow icons min. Like <laughs> yeah. if you're if you're kind of, see the thing is is with him the way he works, you kind of have to look at your icon mix a little bit differently because yeah. those wild icons suddenly, if you're trying to use him, mm-hmm. become less attractive. So yeah, I, I hope we get like a level three or four Yaudel that counts wild icons at some point because then the game uh. is afoot. I think that would be broken, personally. I think all he does is he makes you use your unexpected courages on your first turn, or your first <laughs> your first test. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's pretty or, much all he does. He just make sure you put something above it. That's it. Yeah. Or not pack him, or not pack uh, unexpected courages. Yeah, or take something else. Yeah. Um, which, this, with the card pool we currently have, is totally feasible to do. Mm-hmm. My favorite part... Yeah, I just think... Oh, go ahead. No, I, I, I was just going to say, I think he requires... A really specific strategy that only a few investigators can really pull value out. Yes, but I don't... Well, no, never mind. I was going to say, I don't think he's a bad add to decks that do a different strategy, but actually he probably is because he takes up that ally slot, and Mm. that is still the most contested Mm -hmm. slot for good cards. So 
He has decent soak too. Like he can take one and one. He's a fine. He's, he's a fine clothes before he dies. <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing. He's wearing fine clothes on top of fine clothes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. All right, Nick. It's your last chance to read a card. I just oh, read Yaddle. Sean, it's your last <laughs> chance to read a card. Sorry, I took, okay. I took a bit of a gambit there. <laughs> okay, two. Yikes. Okay, so last chance is a level zero survivor skill. It has five wild icons, but wait. Uh, sorry, it has the gambit trait. Commit only to a skill test with no other cards committed to it. Other cards cannot be committed to this skill test. And last chance loses one wild icon for each card in your hand. Did you see that, guys? Did you see that? Flavor home run right there, just over the wall. Yep. Yep. <sighs> this one's interesting. I keep forgetting it as five icons. I keep thinking it as four, and I just want to pan it immediately. But seeing five actually changes. <laughs> it doesn't change doesn't my mind. It doesn't change my mind, but it makes me look at it a second time before I pan it. Like, if I'm playing this for three icons, I'm still pretty happy with it. Yeah, I mean, we play Inquiring Mind all the time. Yeah. That's true. I and, don't know why. And I... this one can be committed to another investigator's test. That's true. Which is a thing. But you're only committing it. Yeah. Yes, that's true. And you know what? If you're running that, like that deck archetype we kind of mentioned with corner and stuff, where you're discarding a bunch of cards, or maybe you're Wendy. Um... <laughs> you can discard this to cornered. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, but and you then can use Yaddle. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah all... This is the anti-Yaddle card. <laughs> it's all coming together. Um, you can use this like your strategic hand management. I kind of like maybe one of these in a deck, mm-hmm. but I don't think I'd sure. ever go two, just because it's yeah. anti-synergy you with itself. This... You see this early game and you're sad, yeah, right? Absolutely. Hmm. Who do you who do you put this in? Do you put one of this in any survivor? Or do you pick and choose? I think Wendy. Sure, I can see that. Ash can. Okay. Uh, so I don't know about Silas. I find like my hand stays pretty full with Silas because yeah, Silas, right. Silas rocks a big hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think yeah this this one you just look at for any investigator who's gonna just be actively committing cards a lot and thus will have a smaller hand size. I think yeah. I Mid? think Wendy. No, Min generally has a bigger hand. Yeah, because the seekers you're going to be filling your hand. I think Wendy's the only one that I really, really like this in, simply because you can discard for every single token draw. Um, whereas Ashcan, that's a once per turn, right, or once mm-hmm. per phase. So once per turn, yeah, yeah. So that that limits you as well. Which, granted, I mean Ashcan does tend to run a lower hand, but I think Wendy, you're able to set yourself up for this in a beneficial way without having to jump through hoops mm-hmm. um, easier than than anyone else. And so it, it looks more attractive there. And I'll even go and say that there's a lot of cards that we look at. And I'm like, oh yeah, this works on standard, but on a hard, I probably wouldn't play it. I think this mm-hmm. gets way better on hard and expert in Wendy because you're going to be redrawing more often yeah. and you're more mm-hmm. likely to end up with just this in your hand. And, and right. you're more likely to kit, uh, commit way more icons to an important test. Yeah, like... Giving putting five on a test in uh, expert can be make it or break it, and I I would say on expert Wendy I would pass I would pack two last chances, even on mm. hard probably. Interesting. 
just because like I find like when I'm playing standard, I don't redraw as much as Wendy. But when I'm playing right. hardened hardened expert, like I redraw like a fiend because you're mm-hmm. just failing like twenty five percent more, fifty percent more. Like it, it's a significant yeah. jump. Right. Hmm. Interesting. I'll have to give it a try. I haven't. I keep saying I want to play Wendy solo again, and I just I haven't yet. I built all these solo decks recently, but I yeah. haven't built Wendy yet. Wendy solo so right now is just it's great. Yeah, with that bow now, especially I can't. Mm-hmm. I, oh man. Wendy in any game mode right now is just great. She has just got some really good things to do. Yeah. I don't know. Wendy in an all seeker team would be pretty garbage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You meant official game modes. <laughs> all yellow all the time, plus Wendy. <laughs> slightly orange all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A, a hue slightly darker than yellow. All right. Well, that was our last chance at a good joke, and I, I don't know how we ended up. Not great. Oh, it was <laughs> terrible. <laughs> uh, favorite card? Nick? Mm. Or Sean? Yowdle? Is there anything else? Yeah, I gotta go Yowdle. Honestly, he's yeah. just the most fun. He's the most fun. He's the most... Not, I don't want to say the most consistent, but again, he took an archetype that technically already existed, but he made it, like, super good. He um, he made an he took an archetype that people were messing around with and made it into yeah. something that you would build a standalone deck around. Yeah, to take into he did, standalone games. Yeah, he yeah. did more for the he did more for the class than any cards here. So, yeah, I, I would agree. agree. Yeah. Right on. Well, we all agreed that shouldn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you saw this set of cards, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like Some I said, it's gonna go so a certain way. Gifts built into them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll try to be more neutral next time. Oh <laughs> my god, you did it. Woo! You did it. All right. Thanks for joining us for another episode of AV Club, a Mythos Busters production. Stay tuned, we have a very special episode on the best class there is coming right up. <laughs>